Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three superfans and each week we watch an episode and discuss. This week we are watching Series 5, Episode 6. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with traumatic birth and sexual and physical assault. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet Thora Hill and her daughter Diane. Thora has four children, Diane being the eldest. Thora looks heavily pregnant when she comes to an event in Anata's house, but tells Trixie and Sheila that she has plans to deliver at the hospital on account of her age. We soon discover that it's not Thora who is pregnant, but Diane, and they are hiding her pregnancy to avoid the shame and ridicule of being an unwed mother. When Diane goes into labor, Thora says she can handle the birth alone, but a serious complication leads to real harm for Diane, and Trixie and Sister Mary Cynthia arrive just in time. Meanwhile, Dr. Turner has a major surprise coming to him. Sheila has planned a week-long camping vacation for the whole family. He is reluctant to go and worries that leaving his practice in the hands of a retired doctor will cause problems, but tries to make the best of it. Rain and leaky tents finally drive the family to a nearby hotel, and when Dr. Turner learns of Diane's injuries from Trixie, they cut the vacation short and plan a proper one after Dr. Turner has set things right. Last, Barbara and Tom are getting closer and are on their way home from another date when they are interrupted by a woman crying out for help. She has just been attacked and other women in Poplar are also victimized. First, a patient of Sister Julienne's and then in the early morning after helping Thora and Diane, Sister Mary Cynthia. She is brutally attacked while standing at the docks to pray at the same time as her sisters. At first, she is unwilling to talk to the police, but after support and understanding from her sisters and friends at Nanata's house, decides she can make a report. Her evidence leads to an arrest and her honesty and bravery allows others to follow suit. 
a big sigh for me, girls. Just gonna say <laughs> this episode <laughs> had me absolutely raging, and like I'm sure I'll go off a number of times, but I will just. I, uh, was, I love that it evokes different feelings. <laughs> it's a Ooh. difficult episode as well because everything is so intertwined. So we've got a, a plan of how we're gonna kind of talk through the episode, but we really might quick, end up jumping around a bit. We will definitely, but really quick, I just want to do a shout out to Rebecca Golden Stockton off Facebook, who is looking forward to listening to today's episode. She means the one we dropped last week, but she says she's really excited about episode five uh, point six, which is the one we're doing today, because she just loves the turners because they never get to have any fun storylines. So she loves the camping episode. <laughs> so shout out actually- to you, Rebecca Golden Stockton. This one's for you. Rebecca, and you know what? Amen to that because my God, did we need some lightheartedness and brevity in this episode? And thank God the Turners. Thank God and for Doctor Turner's knees. I know his his massive voluminous shorts just really gave some life to like what was otherwise a really painful and sad episode to get through. So the episode starts with an artist's house is hosting a pensioner's tea, and so Tim. I know. Timothy and Sheila have planned a surprise for Dr. Turner and they've arranged with Patsy that they're going to borrow the scout's camping equipment, basically. You would, you could not paint. You know, we were talking about the toilet the other day, sitting on the <laughs> toilet floor. That is the scout tent, teeny little boys, grubby boys. Ugh. Well, girls, I'm just going to I'm just going to come right out and say this. I, I, I don't like camping. I don't like it at all. I, I, I don't. I don't know why. I I know. I understand why people like it and why people want to do it. I do, but I also absolutely don't get why you would ever do it. Like I like to me, there's like if if anyone ever said like, oh, you want to go camping? I'd be like, hard pass. No, 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 no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do. I don't even want to glamping. I don't want to do like fancy camping. If I'm not in a firm structure with indoor plumbing and electricity, like I don't want to be there overnight. Like you, it's not the toilet get- for me. And also, it's never a good time. Oh. Number one, I've got a fringe. It's not conducive to camping. Number two, <laughs> it's either thing. way too cold or way yeah. too hot. Like it's disgusting. It's sweaty or freezing. Like it's never in between. It's never comfortable. I remember I went to Glastonbury once with the three of my friends and it was two girls, two boys, but we were like, we're all just friends. So I was staying in the tent with my friend, girl, and the two uh-huh. boys were staying in other. We were so freezing cold that night. We all went to this store where clothes were like 50p each and bought loads of clothes. All went into the one tent, all bunched up together, freezing cold. And I'll never forget the noise that one of the boys made. It sounded like a moose or something in the morning because we were so hot the condensate it was just the worst it's never ever good camping is just awful and there's no i toilet. love camping i mean i don't do it reg- i don't I haven't done it for a lot of years well which means you don't love it because if you did love it you'd do it more yeah you would do it you would you would have done <laughs> when when was the last time you went camping bex i mean it, it's got to be a good 10 15 years ago well you don't yeah, love then camping you, then yeah no you don't yeah <laughs> i you, love you, the idea of it <laughs> I love the idea of a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that in the actual fact of like completing it, I would ever want. I to hate do it the all. idea of it. I hate. I hate camping. I you have know, to say though, there's a difference between modern day camping and camping in the 1960s. What's the difference? In a horrible, grubby tent full of germs. But well, what's the first, difference? Well, this it's just everything's moved on a lot. The sleeping bags have moved on. The tents have moved on. No, they haven't. Not really. Yes, I they mean, have. They absolutely have. Well, you can buy nicer versions of the same thing but basically you're in like a plastic bag and then you're in a smaller plastic bag for your body and then you have like a little fire over like a bag of sticks and then you eat like weird food oh hang on like- hang on i will say 
a s'more you can't knock. You can't knock a s'more. I 100% agree, but like yeah. you can have s'mores anytime and you do not need to be camping to have a s'more. Like now, for our, hang on for our British fans. <laughs> Look at me being a Brit and explaining this like I'm totally American. <laughs> Um, but I only know about smalls. Really do, do, do you guys smalls are quite smalls? universal these days, aren't they? Are they? Is it a universal thing? Graham crackers and uh, and and marshmallows and. Well, we would like, do it with biscuits, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, I did it with biscuits when I did it here the other week. Yeah. I only knew about it because my auntie lived in Indiana and we did it over there. Oh. Uh, yeah. Do we? So wait, do we need to explain like what they are? I mean, you, well, you graham mean... crackers, chocolate, and a melted marshmallow all squeezed together, and it is delicious. It is delicious. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the most perennially like classic childhood American foods I think you could ever have. With pa- yeah. uh, peanut butter and jelly. Did you ever eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up on peanut butter and jelly. I I've never had it. I thought you guys didn't grow up on peanut You guys don't have peanut butter and jelly in the Brits, No, right? no. 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 For my honest, is, it sounds revolts, mate. Sounds, yeah. sounds, I feel the same way as you do about camping. You know what? You know what? Just a quick aside. This is something that the Americans all discovered when we when we went over to do our study abroad year with you guys in Britain. And all of us could not believe that you guys did not do peanut butter and jelly. And like, even when we just... Dis- okay, because the other thing I remember I learned when I was over there is jelly to you guys is like what we call jello yeah. it's like a gelatin yeah. dessert jam. but then we were like okay well jelly to us is what you guys would call jam and so and we were like okay that solves the problem right like put peanut butter and jam together and like there you go and all of you were like no nothing has been resolved like this still sounds terrible and i and <laughs> i just can't even i just can't even tell you how much that makes my head explode because i mean peanut butter and jelly is like there's i, I mean it's it's so I'm I, gonna say yeah. this. I don't think sweet sandwiches are a thing over here. Like I suppose some people have jam sandwiches. It's quite rare. It's not something we'd have a lot in my house anyway. No, but then but I suppose have, we do have jam. Things. I suppose it's no different to like if you have jam on toast. Or jam biscuits or like, you know, that kind of thing. Or not jam I biscuits, can't but um it. can't explain but, it. But like um, you know, like cream scones and stuff where you do a scone Ooh, split in half yeah. with like jam and, and jam Stop. and clotted cream and everything. Yeah. I I don't I mean anyways like listeners sound off because I'm telling you peanut butter and jelly you know it's I, I don't think there's any child in this country you know what me and Beck should do a taste test with that in the next you special. No. well tough we are <laughs> it's real. It's really good. I mean, it it like completely makes sense when you taste it. Now, I will say the thing that you <laughs> should do is have peanut butter. Sex looks like she's gonna throw up. No, no, no. But peanut butter and then like strawberry or blueberry jam is the best combo. Like other jams are not. Not all jams are created equal. But you need like a strawberry or blueberry or like a you know like a grape jelly, grape jam. Anyway, that's camping. So I've written. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they have something as nice as those on the camping trip it might have looked more appealing but no oh sheila's excitement though at going camping yeah oh, oh and also the holiday announcement the way they announced it with the big posh meal and he was like oh we don't ever have nice meals like this normally on a week now and it's like well life's different today we're going on holiday okay oh. you guys what's why wouldn't the turners have serviette except for on the weekends to know <laughs> i was like because I, I mean a serviette is a napkin i'm like why wouldn't you have a napkin like oh, that's every day very sheila turner though isn't it like she's probably like oh we're not we're not being wasteful we're only gonna have them on special occasions but wh- i mean don't you have i mean you need to wipe your hands at times when you eat food i mean i don't know say so, wait do you have a, a serviette at every meal me yeah oh absolutely i always need a napkin yeah. whenever i'm eating now, that, this, is the this is the, it, this is the divide in my household so i don't never have my husband lived in bahrain for a few years did well seven years eight years or whatever working over there 
and it's very American culture over there. And he has a serviette with every meal. Like he's just constantly using serviette. He uses loads of monis. It's ridiculously wasteful. Just stuff oil are probably going to be on us. Don't get me wrong. If I'm in a restaurant or a cafe or something, I will totally use a napkin. Now wait, are you guys are, are you guys saying because I we use cloth napkins in our household, so we use, oh, them, and no. we use them and then we reuse them again. I mean, we've had they we might- use paper. We use paper napkins sometimes, but that but we don't want to throw away all that paper. But like we'll but we have to have a napkin with every meal at our house. No, we I mean unless it's Christmas, the most I'd go to is maybe grabbing a paper towel. (laughs) (laughs) Well Jen's there eating a peanut butter and jam sandwich (laughs) with a serviette. With a cloth serviette. (laughs) Honestly, I am. I do do that. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not so bad, but like my other thing is like I'm just always afraid that I'm gonna spill something on myself or that I'm gonna, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, and if I'm eating anything with my hands, then I always have to have a napkin because I always want to want to wipe my hands off. So yeah, I always have to have a napkin. I don't know. I guess it is just American. I don't know. Wow. Well, anyway, anyway they were very excited. They had this lovely meal, and they were like, "We're going camping." He was like, "Oh, oh," because he'd fallen asleep on the sofa just to confirm how much he needs to have a holiday. Um, <laughs> He's um, the most so tired man in the world that man it's so true i've written in capitals say i hate camping but we already know that um <laughs> <laughs> what wait, wait wait i wrote something about camping too in my notes um <laughs> becky's like it's my, i've got a camping tattoo <laughs> i thought when jen comes over we'd go camping clearly not well, that, yeah that's really nice you can camp in the garden while me and jen go somewhere nice <laughs> i was like becky you did not think we were going camping <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Actually, camping with you two does not sound fun. (laughs) What would be? It would be. I can guarantee you an hour into it and you would regret the choice we made to do it. You'd have to like kidnap me to get me out there. I will tell you what we did as little kids though, which was cute. And this was something I did a couple times as a little kid, especially in New England when it was like fall, when it was like not too cold overnight, but it was, it was, um, you know, like a nice temperature. No temperatures conducive for camping, just saying, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of times where we would put up a tent outside in our backyard and like I would have a sleepover with a couple of girlfriends and then we could be in the tent, you know, like as much as we wanted yeah. but every time we had to go to the bathroom all the food we had to eat like we could come inside for that and then if we didn't want to spend the whole night overnight in the tent we could just come inside and go to bed so like that was a, I mean again I'm not really describing camping there I'm literally just describing like an outdoor fort that like we played in and then we obviously <laughs> used the amenities of my home but that's about as much <laughs> camping as I would want to <laughs> Do you know what got me though? So they go camping and they have some trouble putting the uh, the tent up. And yeah. it just, oh, but before just... they get camping, I just love firstly the amount of stuff you have to take camping. Yes. And so much. Doctor, I just love Dr. Turner's panic that he can either get the tent in the car or the children, but not both. But also <laughs> the fact that Barbara produces an incontinence sheet for them to cover the roof rack with so it doesn't <laughs> get wet. <laughs> But what's worse about using the incontinence sheet is it's from the charity box. Is that that's a second-hand incontinence sheet? <laughs> it's not even brand new. I genuinely was like, fine. When I heard that. <laughs> well, you're already like among the filth of nature anyway. Like, what? What I mean what, is an incontinence sheet really going to ruin it? Like, I don't know. Just going like... to get squirrel piss on it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Oh my god. You know what I thought was funny was they were like it had started to rain when they left Poplar and everything and then they drove to the campsite and it was like it looked like it was like 4 30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon when they get there so the sun is already starting to go down and Tim gets out of the car with an umbrella to like open the gate into the campsite and the name of the campsite is I wrote it down Sunny Vista. Not a sunny vista at all. Literally nothing has looked more like a sunny less like a sunny vista ever in their whole life. And also what made me really laugh is um little Angela being like such a like you know London like city kid where she's like actually a afraid of a squirrel you know oh. and I just, like oh my gosh Angela I'm like wow you are truly like such like a little totally city mouse well, little also kid when like... Dr. Turner um soaked his tea his, his sleeping bag with tea <laughs> I've done that with orange juice before and it uh, glass and break I was I wasn't the most sober <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie the was smell it of sunny oh it's like one day in like, like, concentrate orange juice. Oh, it was absolutely disgusting. Well, when he says the thing of like, well, at least it'll be warm and wet instead of cold and wet, I was just like, I was like, oh. uh, uh, like just, <laughs> I was like, you're, you're really, I mean, I would have, I would have quit and gone to a hotel before we even got out of the car. I would just be like, babe, there's a Motel 6 down the road. Like, let's just keep driving. Like, why are we even, why are we even doing this? It's ridiculous. Well, it's also the way he couldn't leave work at home. He kept going on about it. He was like, general practice is a young man's game. And I'll tell you what made me laugh. Sheila being like, you're not exactly Cliff Richard yourself. Now, Cliff Richard's <laughs> well old to us. So we, I was just like, what? <laughs> But at the time, Cliff Richard yeah. was like a young guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that made me laugh about that was when, was when she was like, oh, Patrick, what are you thinking about? And he was like, the lung clinic at home. <laughs> like, you know, and, and she was like, it's okay. the ulcer cl- It's the ulcer oh, clinic. The ulcer clinic? Oh, I thought That's it was like... That's about as romantic as my husband gets. <laughs> but the thing that I thought was, I was like, if Dr. Tur- like, hey, it's obviously like 1961 or whatever. So like when he leaves work, he does, he can't like be in connection with any work or whatever. But if he was like in 2023 times, like he would leave but then he would be like texting the office calling the office like checking his email like she'd be battling like the technology with him the whole vacation and she'd be like 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 the phone would beep at dinner and she'd be like we've talked about this can't you just leave it alone he's like well Sheila if I don't you know get it and she's like no 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 Patrick we've discussed and then you know like that like he just he just can't anyway they go campers they're all excited about it like Becky would be and then Mm -hmm. they go and it's absolutely disastrous the tent falls down it's peeing it down they're all four of them in there in one tent I'm just terrified of squirrels so then they start playing I Spy. There's bullet holes that, he, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Timothy thinks they're bullet holes. And they're like, no, that's probably moths in the thing. But then they start playing I Spy. Now, I cannot believe that this, honestly, was an answer, that they actually got the answer to I Spy. Yeah. Malachi, something beginning with B-H-I-R-O-T-R-S-T-C-I. Yeah, because by the time you got to the end of that, I can't even remember what the first letter was. Well, girls, I turned being like, bullet holes in ridge of tent, rain starting to come in. I something get that. You really annoyed me. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do you how do you guys play I Spy? Because that wasn't even remotely how I, I thought of playing that game. Oh, I, I, I would, I've done, I've not done like 12 little things like that, but I've done like three or something like so if, so let's say you were like, like oh, I- to be brother like your stupid face. <laughs> ISF. <laughs> so you would play it with the initials of each letter. No, of the usually word. It's just no I've never done that. I've only done that because I'm trying to taunt him. See, I would I like the way that I've always played I spy as kids is like, oh, like I spy with my little eye something yellow. And then and then it's like, well, is it this? Oh, no, this always and- initial. Oh, no. See, we never played with initials. We always we play used it to like play when my daughter couldn't spell. We used to play, but she's six now. She can, <clears throat> you know, read and spell. Well, talking about 
about Tulil, Angela, well, at the start of the camping trip, they had Angela in a separate tent. She's too little to be in a set. I know she's with Timothy, but still. Well, they had Timothy and her in a separate hotel room. Yeah, I just think they should have divided it up. If she I'm honest, looked- I think that's good. Fit. That's what part of the 1950s parenting experience that I would like to experience. I think they should have had <laughs> Sheila and Angela and Timothy and Dr. Turner. Yeah, but in 2023, you would do that, but not in 1961. Also, did any, I mean, I don't, this is a very minor detail. Did anyone notice Angela? Well, the other thing is when they come into the tent and they're playing I Spy, Dr. Turner and Sheila are wrapped in blankets. Kids just sat there in their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Angela was just smiling so sweetly. She was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like, she had the most cute, like, little, like, sunny disposition. And but I was when, like... <laughs> when they're playing I Spy, Angela does a little shrug and a smile, and you can totally tell that she's reacting to somebody behind the camera. <laughs> it's so bet, cute. Yeah, you know what I did actually think about the... Because I was like, they must be cold. But then I did think, I wonder if they tried to put, like, a blanket on that toddler and she's having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Does that speak to your own experience, Al? About- 100%. Let's be your own god. <laughs> like, do you remember that time? I'll just say this story really quick. My husband took my daughter to nursery when she was two. I was doing something, and it was like December or something ridiculous. And she was in a t shirt. Uh, it was actually a short sleeved dress and pajama bottoms. And I went to pick her up, and I was like, what is she wearing? <laughs> and, uh, and I spoke to him, and he was like, she told me she wears it all the time. I'm like, she's two. <laughs> What are you doing? Anyway, that's by the by. My uh, point being, yes, that does that is in my experience. Oh gosh. Now we can't really go ahead with what happens on the camping trip or how it ends because it all goes into other stories. So well, we kind we, of yeah. So the the reason to discuss the camping trip first is because Sheila has arranged for a locum to stand in. Cue mm-hmm. Doctor Godfrey. So let's Godfrey. put a pin in the camping and then we'll come back to camping. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to talk about Thora and Diane Hills. Ugh. Do you know what though? Mrs. Hills was so kind to the old people with the. Uh, with the well I I will save this until we've gotten a little deeper into the storyline I I my ugh was not at was not at Thora it was it the was old people a- <laughs> <laughs> how did you know um <laughs> no it's about a, it's about a bigger issue so I was more I, I I'll say more about that but I I have compassion for Thora but I also feel um angry and upset at this storyline but I will explain more after we've talked about it a little bit more I just felt really really sorry for Diane because she was absolutely terrified of this birth luckily her dad was away as well by the way although mm-hmm. I, I presume if her dad was actually there maybe he'd be able to talk some sense into her book but she no, was so terrified a... of birth and not wasn't allowed to think about it she was like you get that out of your mind didn't know anything about what was coming up she was trying to ask questions and her mum just wouldn't talk to her about it I don't think and that dad is would be the only down situation yeah because she literally didn't know how the baby was going to come out but I, I like Sora Good Honor was trying to protect her daughter. I know it's not the ideal situation, but then they, Good Honor's not really what I've had in mind. It's the 19th, yeah, but the fact that she was gonna like her, her daughter was potentially gonna be ruined. Yeah, like she's not just okay, girls. I'm just gonna go off right now because like I can't keep it anymore. <laughs> I mean, um... it's not an ideal situation. I'm not saying it was the best solution, but I'm just saying it was a solution. Yeah, but it wasn't it was... discussed with Diane. Here, here's here's the thing I wrote in my notes: the power of shame of being an unwed mother versus the danger of hiding a pregnancy and then attempting a home birth without any medical professional or intervention available. Like that to me is such a shocking and unbelievable dichotomy that I just 
like I watched the episode recently and then I rewatched it again today and prep for this and like watching it again just made me even more mad because the thing is to me Thora is a victim Diane is a victim like the baby is a victim everyone in this storyline of the three of them are the brothers are victims they had to go to bed in the daytime yeah I mean that suffering is like untold they're never gonna recover but like the thing is is like the fact that Diane that Thora thought it was so bad and so shameful for Diane to be basically what is what does she say about some other unwed mother like shoddy Janice Myers shoddy goods for life I for life basically and she's but, willing but to keep her daughter like- from getting care and medical attention throughout a first pregnancy keeping her daughter completely in the dark about everything that entails like prescribing her medication while she's pregnant even though she has absolutely no medical knowledge at all and then just because she's given birth a few times herself thinks that she can carry out a full like delivery on her own and then harms her daughter in the in the effort to try to keep the pregnancy a secret even more and then Trixie has to go to the hospital because she doesn't trust Thora to tell the truth about it I mean to me that is like a level of societal just uh, like absolute dysfunction that sends me through the roof and I just like I can't believe that I mean to me this is what happens when you create so much shame and ridicule and like disgrace around all of these things ultimately that come down well, to like, women's issues they've kept it just... so insular as well haven't they just in oh, their household me, but I also feel like as the only adult in that household, because obviously Diane's really scared, Thora's just going to listen to her mum because that's her mum. And course. I feel like if there was another adult to bounce off, like I'm sure it'd be absolutely furious at first and all this, but I really don't know if she had another adult to bounce off that this would have happened. I mean, I you- think it's a different time. Thora had the best of intentions for a daughter. I mean, okay, okay, fine, but it's still so deeply like screwed up that like I I don't see any positive. Like I'm not going to give anyone any like the only grace I'm willing to give Thora is the fact that she was under so much societal pressure and personal experience from having to get married to the guy she's married to because she was knocked up when like they were together at like teens or whatever. That like she's just basically reacting to all she knows. But like there's no excuse for treating women and women this way. I'm sorry, it's just it's well also for like, context such a really light explained, so. Diane Hills got pregnant. The guy she got pregnant with just ran off, basically. Didn't want anything to do yeah. with this. She's on her own. Yeah. She's pregnant. She's 15, 16, and we did they say? 16, I think, yeah. 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 And um, the dad's away at sea, and she's got a few little brothers, and it's them in the house. Her mum's a fishmonger. She works on the fishmongers with her mum, and her mum is basically pretending to have a baby. She's had mm-hmm. all her other babies within an arms. But this time she said because she's older, she's with the hospital, but actually actually isn't. And Trixie was a bit, bit oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah, Trixie was suspicious. Yeah, so anyway, Diane then goes into labour and Thora is saying that she's got it all in hand at home. She's had, she's got the whole, this little kit, hasn't she? With like a and thread. she's ahead of her time, Jen. She did a water birth. <laughs> <laughs> that bath was ideal. <laughs> it was. Um, anyway. So she oh, had the baby and it, it was it, it wasn't right because the afterbirth wasn't coming through and I can't carry on work talking about that. So someone else has to. Oh, it's terrible. I don't even want to discuss it. It's terrible. So this is why we talked about the camping trip first, because Mrs. Hills realizes that it's been I think she says it's been about an hour and that she's still not delivered the afterbirth. So she rings Donata's house to ask for advice. Dr. Godfrey answers. Do you know what got me when Dr. Godfrey answered the phone as well? She asked to speak to Trixie and he's like would you not rather talk to a doctor yeah like, no. oh I mean the most the most sexist man on earth is Dr. Godfrey like well, not just the most sexist the most clueless 
so he basically he refers to a medical term like a medical term which i've not written down but then he just basically says give it a good tug or something to that effect yeah no, thank yeah. god though he got the name hills because he if he hadn't have got the name hills there would have yeah, been real issues yeah yeah because god knows so, how long thor would have let it go on before she would have gotten medical help there i don't know if i can talk about this with uh, i don't know if you'll be able to edit it alex without having a turn <laughs> and that, i've written here a wound came out and i've got loads of sick faces with emojis so she I've had, had a uterine inversion so i i thought she just tugged a so it's where the placenta doesn't detach from the wall of the uterus mm-hmm so when they try and when you pull it out, it pulls the uterus inside out. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying. So you have to reinsert it by hand or surgery. And sometimes it can lead to a hysterectomy. Now, this is where because obviously Trixie then she's heard the phone. She comes down. Dr. Godfrey says it was Hills. Mm-hmm. Trixie's thought something's afoot here. So Trixie and Mary Cynthia go out and luckily they get there just in time. Yeah. So Trixie takes over. Oh, but Mrs. Hills's reaction when Trixie tells her what she's done. Ugh. And I was just like, oh, it was, it was so, visceral. Like, yeah, that was so well acted. But then Trixie. Trixie says back in place, which is obviously a good thing. But when she gets to the hospital, she goes into surgery. But th- what I don't know is, did she? I don't, I don't think they told no, they us. They said she'll be okay. They just they just said she'll be okay. Yeah, so I, I thought they would yeah, have said if it was. Uh, I think she'd be fine uterus wise. I think she'd be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that was, was absolutely <laughs> deeply ashamed of her behaviour, and then yeah. she, as she should be, honestly. As yeah. She should and be. Diane is really upset, and she doesn't even want to look at the baby. She's like, "Well, it's your baby now," kind of thing. And her mum's like, "No, yeah. it's your baby. We can deal with all this." Ugh. Awful. Awful. I mean, the worst thing in the world. The worst thing. It's just yeah. terrible. But also, Dr. Turner called Nanata's house after this when he was in the B&B having a lovely time in the morning because he was just still worried about everything. He's worried about his also clinic. And luckily, <laughs> he called Nanata's house and he got Trixie on the phone. Yeah. It was basically informed him all about Dr. Godfrey and they were like, right, get back in the car, everyone. We're going home. Yeah. And then and then presume and then I mean, do we want to wrap it up the, the Turners? Because basically they kind of they kind of clear the deck back at home and then Dr. Turner himself like books time off with a doctor he trusts and then he books a hotel and then they go like back on a real vacation, like to a hotel and have like a week off, like properly a week off. Yeah. So we'd spoke about the fact that Trixie goes to the hospital with Thora and Diane. She doesn't trust Thora to tell the truth to the medical staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sister Mary Cynthia says she's gonna clean up the kitchen which i do think is something that sister julienne has done in a previous episode it is but did you not sense a bit of kind of frenetic anxiety from uh sister monica not sister monica joan sister smc i've written sister mary cynthia when she was scrubbing the floor and how she's been very what's the word neurotic about her prayers and everything with sister julienne at the start of the episode did you not notice a bit of kind of mm-hmm. nervous tension from her yeah oh, maybe yeah, a, a little bit. I don't. I don't know what I was really ascribed it to in the moment, but it, it definitely gave the sense that she was. She had something on her mind, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because just to say, like, because this will this will become an important point later, is that at the beginning of the episode, Sister Julian comes into um kind of the main dining room area where they always eat, and Sister Mary Cynthia is arranging some flowers that were donated, and she, and Sister Julian is like, "Oh, look, you have a beautiful knack for flower arranging," and she's like, "Oh, thank you so much," and then she says, "You know," they say something else, and then she says, "But you know, I noticed that you have." 
haven't been singing very loudly in chapel and like you know we want to hear your voice like you need to speak up and she says oh well when I was in postulate school or or something they always said that you should never draw attention to yourself because it's a it's a point of like pride basically and you know you, you kind of have to like keep yourself very inconspicuous and she says but now I've made myself conspicuous because I wasn't singing loudly enough and everything and sister Julian is like well whenever I question like what is whatever I've done something good or done something wrong then I always ask what can how can this be done for the good of others and you know she's like so maybe kind of think about it that way and then you know sister Mary Cynthia is like oh okay well you know yeah I'll, I'll kind of contemplate that and then that's kind of her like you know like well, internal I, setting yeah, I think like exactly. as she goes forward she's, in the episode but she's struggling with all the different rules of the new life and finding time to fit it all in and but I also thought Florida Street was another way of kind of making herself busy not not thinking about things too much it kind of like nervous energy from her okay, okay. And making sense of the new rules and a new life and everything I don't know it just I just I just got that from her sure. also did you see the Compline nuns again yeah <laughs> now if I was Sister Mary Cynthia Sister Julianne would be glad that I wasn't raising my voice in <laughs> I would be loud. Becky would not. (laughs) I I would also not want, I don't think my voice would be, you know, really adding it very much to the... Oh, I'd be mega into it. I'd be doing ABBA medleys and everything. (laughs) So Sister Mary Cynthia is going to clean the kitchen and then she cycles home alone. So let's leave that hanging. Oh, wait, can we just make one point, though? So they show up, they show up at the Hill House, and Trixie starts working on Thora, so starts working on Diane to help her out. And Trixie says to Cynthia, like, oh, why don't you go ring it? Why don't you go ring the ambulance? Because we're going to really need additional medical help. And she's like, okay, so she leaves the house and walks out the front door. And it's very dark, you know, kind of a little bit sketchy or whatever. And you're kind of like, hmm oh what's gonna happen and then all of a sudden you see a light flash onto her and we look and it's fred and it's a civil defense league and he says oh you know i'm gonna help you like i'll give you an i'll give you an escort to the to the phone box to call the flying squad and back so you're kind of like oh hmm, okay something's going on here and then so that's the first time that you know one of the women is alone unattended outside and so then when cynthia cycles home then it's like the second time she's quote like alone and vulnerable potentially so So now we can go forward yeah Let's go back and explain why yes. the civil, civil defense league patrol. Core. The, the what? CDC. CDC. What is the C? Core. Oh, core. Core. Civil defense core. Yeah. Oh, that's I, it. I was hearing paw like P A W. Sorry, my oh, ears I did not, not say paw. <laughs> <laughs> so Barbara and Tom have been on a date. Oh, he bought a sugar lolly. I know, I know. And they had some real, like, chemistry going. Like, he was, like, really putting his arm oh, on Oh, I loved her. it. But then they were rudely interrupted by a poor woman who got assaulted. Rudely <laughs> interrupted. I'm joking. <laughs> Just as a, just before we get to the really sad, sad, sad storyline that's coming, I I did you, okay. The beginning of that scene though, they're like, oh, like what a great movie we just went to, and it's like, yeah, I guess we didn't realize it was going to have such a Christian overtone. And then Tom was like, I think I should take the Sunday school class, like to go back to it. And she was like, oh, ha ha ha. And then he says something about like whatever that is. Well, I looked up wind in the wind hey, whistle whist- down the wind. Okay. And do you guys remember Haley Mills? Do you guys remember the original Parent Parent Trap movie? Okay, so that's that's who was in that, right? Well, she's famous for Railway Children for us, but also her son was the lead singer of a band called Cooler Shaker. Oh, Railway Children I've heard of. I don't know Cooler Shaker. You Um, all know the song. But this is actually perfect because the release date is the 20th of July, 1961 in London. So it's like 
you know, right around the time and everything. And basically, oh, you know, I know her from the railway children. Yeah. yeah, I know her from Parent Trap, but that's that's just me. But but the not, but, but very quickly, like I'll just give the plot of this movie. I was like, why would this? You know, whatever. So three Lancashire farm children discover a bearded fugitive hiding in their barn and mistake him for Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> yes, now all of these things happen, like in the synopsis of the story. Like they kind of ask him some questions, and then his answers kind of keep making them think that he really is. And then they ask some adults like some very vague questions and then their answers make him make them think that he also is because it's kind of reinforcing some of the things there's some other stuff you know they're talking about like seeing Jesus and things like that blah 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 the the guy himself doesn't really understand what why they think that he's Jesus but you know whatever but he but so then it, uh, things kind of come to a head and everything and so the end of it so then blah 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 I'll... everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast stuff happens and it says once Blakely is taken away and the crowd disperses Kathy who's I think one of the adults is approached by two very young children who ask to see Jesus because now the whole town has gotten embroiled in this whole storyline she tells him that they missed him this time but he will be back one day which of course we all get what that's in reference to or whatever but I I just was like I've li- I've never heard of this movie I don't know anything about it and I just I don't know I thought it was a really cool tie-in that they found this like yeah, super... I have watched this film because my mom is well into old films and we always have to watch them because I, I looked at the storyline as well. He's not Jesus Christ. The reason he's hiding in their barn is because he's an escaped killer. Well, yeah, yeah he's he a... said bearded fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, escaped killer, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely not a morally good person and everything. But but you guys have both seen this movie? I have not. I have. It unlocked a memory in me when they said it. I, I remember oh, watching it when I was a kid. Yeah, I just I just thought it was interesting that, of course, they had to find a movie that then Tom and Tom and Barbara are like going to take the Sunday school class back to. Also, what else was really funny was when Tom said he didn't want to give Barbara the sherbet lolly in the movie theater because too many people were looking. I was like, wait a minute, is this... Am I missing something? You can't have a lolly. You can't have a baby unmarried. You can't have a lolly in the cinema. (laughs) Facts. It's a level of conservatism I did not really understand. (laughs) So Barbara and Tom are walking home from their um, romantic date. Yeah. Um, And they encounter Lizzie, who stumbles upon them. She's very clearly distressed. I was going to say she's very clearly a sex worker, but it's not. It's not so obviously, <laughs> no, she's, she's really not. Actually, it's really not clear. So she's been attacked. They take her back to their house. It's not their house. They don't live together. They take her back yeah, to Tom's. Say they don't live together. <laughs> so Lizzie is a sex worker. She's been attacked. She doesn't want the police called because she's going to get in trouble because she's been soliciting. Yeah, but she's been badly beaten up. She's also got a bite mark on her neck. 
Oh, it was gruesome. Awful. It was terrible. This is as far as I've got with that story. <laughs> oh, you weren't going to keep going? I thought, you were... <laughs> I thought you had it all planned out. Yeah, like you were just waiting for us to stop commenting on the, the, so they the try horribleness. Pers- so I'll carry on. So they try and persuade her to go to the police and she's having absolutely none of it because she's terrified because obviously she's a sex worker. She doesn't want her kids taken off her. It could be a really serious thing for her. Um, Mm -hmm. Luckily, Barbara's a nurse, so she... I'm a nurse. I'm 23 and I'm a nurse. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, she's 23 and a nurse. So she um, she kind of tends to her injuries and kind of gives her some Arnica gel. By the way, do do either of you two use Arnica gel or Arnica tablets? Uh, Arnica gel I have used, yeah, definitely. Game changer. We use it all the time here. Yeah, it's really good for bruises and cuts and things. Yeah, my mum literally gets out even if like my daughter like, even does anything like just like, jumps up and down and she's like, hey, "We need the arnica gel." I'm like, "Come on!" <laughs> and she's just covered in arnica every day. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyways, so, yeah. then Barbara goes to the police herself because she kind of she and she talks to Peter about it. Peter and we were asking where if Peter's in it again, and he is. He, he is. is. He's back. He's yeah. back. And with and with a chummy update as well, which is nice. Yeah, and he, and a lovely fetching hat I found. Oh, is it not? But when he was like, hat? "Oh, I'm sorry, you had to see that, Barbara." Like she she sees a lot of stuff. Yeah, but again, she stuck up for herself. She was a warrior again, yeah. saying she was all right, was. and she was telling Peter, "Like, I've, you know, I've, 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 we have sex workers all the time." Peter, like, calm yourself. <laughs> well, also, I mean, he could have. I mean, I, I'm, I, I do get that he's being nice to her, but also, like, maybe spare an extra little comment, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, this woman had to go through this." Perhaps not just that yeah. Barbara had to witness it, but that like this yeah. poor woman had to experience this violence. I mean, that he could have made that point a little bit more clearly. I mean, he he definitely seems sympathetic and he does say he's like, oh, well, you know, he's like, my hands are tied because the law says that she committed a crime, even though he committed a crime on her while she was committing a crime by soliciting. And it's like, well, this, you know, weird infinity band of like nightmare legislation is like obviously uh, used to no one but i don't yeah, know it just, it's the law yeah like, he was like well my hands are tied and it's like oh peter unhelpful at this stage we just think it's a one-off we think it's one of lizzie's punters john <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not really sure where it's going but so anyway then. cut to sister julianne has a what's her name judith coleman judith coleman, coleman. Judith coleman yeah. yeah so With baby michael yeah, baby Michael Coleman. So Sister Julianne's seeing her and Mrs. Coleman's got a newborn called Michael and he just won't stop crying and they call it colic. Now, can I just say, I know you were on your soapbox before, Jen, about, you know, women in society being treated badly. This is my main soapbox in life. Oh, colic. sure, go ahead. Colic. Go off. So I, my daughter didn't sleep for like three, four weeks when she was first born. It was absolute hell. I was poorly. It was just the worst time of my life. And I was saying to the doctors, there's something wrong. She's climbing me in pain. There's you know she's there's something wrong here I'm I've got in no sleep she's getting no sleep it's just absolutely horrific and they were just like it's colic it's colic what can you do nothing it's colic I genuinely wanted to just blow it up that doctor's office it was awful and she didn't have colic she actually had reflux really badly and we actually did get it sorted in the end but only because I kept going for it but they just tell new mums who have no idea what's going on never done it before they just say colic there's nothing you can do colic well shame on sister Julianne yeah <laughs> a gentle moonlight walk would do you both the world a good well it didn't did it sister julianne like it's a lovely stroll but she's actually just walking around the docklands of london crying and singing half a pound of trouble <laughs> <rise, half a laughs> <pound of trees, laughs> also by the way like 
Okay, I just I just Googled, I just looked up colic because I was like, because you were saying like they were just kind of passing you off with this, you know, nothing. Probably, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, what is, what is colic? Like, really, really? Because I know, I mean, I've seen what it is, but it's like, what what is it really actually? And it's like pain or discomfort from gas or indigestion. Okay. A digestive system that isn't fully developed, overfeeding or underfeeding, sensitivity to formula or breast milk, overstimulation, an early form of childhood migraine headache, emotional reaction to fear, frustration, or excitement. So literally colic is just apparently it, it anything could, like even yeah. they don't know what yeah. it is it's With just zero your meaning baby, your zero health unhappy. zero treatment yeah yeah your baby's unhappy and you know just good freaking luck apparently Tough. so judith coleman is pretty desperate by this point she's not getting yeah. any sleep her husband I can relate <laughs> also wait a minute can i just add on to your point al because this absolutely okay now i know that colin coleman is a nice man and like not to throw him under the bus because he's a sweet guy but the thing Isn't that really Colin Col- Coleman Colin Coleman yeah his, just his name is yeah, no name I know I'm just Col- saying Carry yeah on. it's a wacky name but like the thing that absolutely sends me to the moon and like this isn't even Judith's problem but again this like societal expectation that is just built on this unbelievable patriarchal domination of like oh she even says that she's like well you know like he has to get up early for work it's his sleep that matters excuse me you have to take care of a defenseless newborn all day and you don't have an important job Judith your sleep doesn't matter that man can't miss a couple of hours a night to help oh, Jen, out the wife Jen. that he loves. I mean, well, this I is just... 1960s Britain where the man was getting sleep. I'll tell you this for nothing. During the week, my husband slept downstairs. And, and how much had... help did you? And how much how much help did you get in 2017 when your baby was born? Huh? That's exactly what I'm saying. My point yeah. being, I don't yeah. think it's changed since 1960. I think that's. Just I know. Society. I know. Oh, and you know what? The I more the more that, that I go along, the more I'm realizing this is why I'm still single because this behavior absolutely drives me nuts. I can't. In Colin's defense, he is working. Judas not. I can't even believe those words just came out of your mouth. <laughs> I, if I if if I didn't know you as well, I would absolutely like hit delete on this podcast. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> you would never in the, talk. In, 19, in the 1960s. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's still you. like that now, Bex. You're literally thinking what everyone else, what my mum was saying. Well, he's got work. Well, I'm yeah. also going insane, and also, you know, I nearly died. Like, you know what I mean? well, like, I know, what, what does Colin do for a job? We don't want him tired operating heavy machinery. Well, Bex, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that I know that you're joking when you're saying these things right now, which is why all of us are smiling. Oh, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no way that you are going to tell me that taking care of a baby is not work, okay? Because if you had no, anybody else is, take care of your baby, you would pay them work. money to do it. You wouldn't get it done for free. So if you have to pay someone to do something, it's work, okay? It's work. Yes, Colin does have a job, but like, okay, so, and what about it? You know what I mean? Like, I know it's more socially acceptable in 1961 for him to get a full night's sleep, but like, I still I still don't have any sympathy for it. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just- it makes- No, but in Colin's defense, I'll are we talking about a full night's sleep or just he can't be awake all night okay just i genuinely forward. don't think this point matters i'm gonna wade in it uh, well, so I'm just, I'm just gonna say when sister julianne shows up to have this big heart to heart with 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 judith and colin and the baby when she's like really talking about like reporting to the police and everything colin oh, is like what? i had colin says like i had no idea about any of this so he's clearly in the dark. So I'm just saying, I think Colin is like, he's a sweet man, but he's 1000% checked out is all I'm going to say. So I'll leave it there. Well, we need to say that Judith is, is getting pretty desperate. She's walked away from the pram for just a moment. And then she is also attacked. Sister yeah. Julianne comes to visit her the next morning and see how she's getting on. And she notices that she's also got a bite mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sister Julianne goes- hide because She feels so ashamed. 
because she walked away from the baby. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't feel she can go to the police because she was have to explain why. Oh, I think I think she could have got away with say I don't think she had to explain that she walked away from the baby. She she thinks that they're going to say that she's an unfit mother for having a baby. Yeah, but I don't know track. why she'd have to say that she was away from the baby. Just say it happened yeah, when you were next. You could have just baby. said yeah. I, it happened right next to the pram. <laughs> the baby witnessed everything. Um, but Peter's detective... Oh, Peter, you let us down here with this detective work. So Sister Julianne then mentions it to Peter. Peter then says, puts two and two together and assumes it's Colin Coleman. Well, he's well, very, very yeah. clever at that, isn't he? Um, you know, that's, they're, known, they're known for the police for their... Uh... So he says it's either Mrs. Coleman's husband or Judith was soliciting. No Again. in between. <laughs> Colin, if you look at Colin, he just I mean, I know that right again, you're gonna blast me for this. He just looks like the nicest guy. But I know oh, I'm that... not gonna blast you. He does look like the nicest guy. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I... I've written here, I'm loving Barbara and Peter trying to help. Peter's obviously less good at being a warrior than Barbara but they did get Fred in with the CDC to help and there was yeah, so- a, a meeting there and Fred was talking to them and he was and one of the well a few of the men was like murmurs Tony should have been there because he wouldn't have been like this but they kicked him out uh, <laughs> but there's no <laughs> but they were basically murmuring about the fact that it was uh, sex workers and he's like there's no cause for levity ladies safety is at risk and someone was like what ladies and then Fred gave him a short shrift he was like no people's safety are at stake don't be like that I love it when Fred goes all official yeah yeah, he's a real champion. So the CDC aren't doing extra p- patrols. That's why they escort Sister Mary Cynthia to the phone box when she has to ring an ambulance for Diane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Peter, so she's safe at that point, yeah. But Peter and Barbara are also doing their own. They track down Lizzie and try and persuade her to go to the police. Oh, she, her, her husband has abandoned her, her and their children. She can't go to the police. She doesn't want a conviction mm-hmm. for soliciting. Mm-hmm. So that's a dead end. Another deadbeat dad. And then there's a scene where, oh my goodness, the tension. The tension. So it's nighttime and Trixie and Sister Mary Cynthia are cycling home alone separately but they're following them both with the camera now we all thought that it was oh they cut this for ours they cut this really yeah yeah yeah. i'm glad they did for you because honestly i thought i was gonna be sick so (laughs) yeah yeah so tense and i knew what was happening but yeah so they're following trixie and they're following sister mary cynthia on their cycle home and trixie oh it was just so tense so they follow trixie for a bit and then sister mary cynthia stops to get off a bike goes Mm. for prey because obviously she had that tense conversation with sister julianne before about mm-hmm. and she felt really close to god and she felt great so she went to pray and then sister mary cynthia was attacked and it was absolutely heartbreaking because the next scene you see is her passed out on the floor she comes to. yeah it's really bad oh it was awful it was absolutely yeah. awful yeah she was really she was really abused she, she acted it really well as well you know the mm-hmm. anger and the worry and the hurt and the mm-hmm. oh. do you know what got me though is sister julianne said to her the oh. first thing sister julianne said to her i've written this was, down what were you thinking of cycling alone like what option did she have like victim blaming a sister julianne of all people yeah. and i'll tell you who was amazing trixie not being like don't you dare blame yourself this was not your fault but do you know who else was also good sister monica jane she was we, amazing she was, all, she was yeah she was. sister monica jane i put she comes through again she i mean she is a nightmare but she does come through when the chips are down she won't eat in this episode she's being a pain in the ass about that but when the chips are down for sister mary cynthia she just didn't want to be touched she didn't want to be talked to she didn't want anything sister monica joan was there with tender loving care she was there with a sponge giving her a really gentle sponge bath she was just there being with her 
she absolutely mm-hmm. nailed the help there she was brilliant yeah I won't say more just I agree with you both on that point for sure yeah so at first sister Mary Cynthia doesn't want to go to the police but she then changes her mind and says that the other two women don't have a voice and she does have a voice and this is something that she can do and she can talk to the police and she had a very good description of him yeah she does but she has she said she's drawn strength from God and I was really pleased because I was a bit worried about her thinking that she wouldn't be you know when I was saying about the mm-hmm. at the start of the episode I thought she was a bit maybe lo- not losing her faith but losing you know her it was a real crisis of faith moment yeah yeah yeah. yeah but so, yeah she, oh, i'm sorry i was just gonna say so cynthia mary cynthia the attacker had tattoos so we find out that they're soviet tattoos they're prison tattoos this is sounds awful where ink is rubbed into cuts made with a knife oh well also i really love the informants peter's informant telling him that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got the feeling he was like a really like a like a ci you know what i mean like, he's like well it's just the way the informant as well had come into the station like as if any informant ever just comes in for an appointment to the station <laughs> right i'm here for i'm here for me four o'clock on a friday <laughs> so well, he's they... like i've never seen tattoos like that and he's like i have and then he takes a big drag of a cigarette <laughs> he's like the heart like the hardest man in the whole world ever you know like he probably eats his you know steak with like a you know like a serrated you know I was gonna say Saturday night, but everyone eats steak with a Saturday night. But you know what I'm saying? Like he probably like he you know, probably like, eats his steak without a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> He's well hard. <laughs> um, I was loving those. So her description was amazing, and then they yeah. arrested the sailor because apparently there's only one sailor in the whole of, whole of London. Yeah, it was very easy to pinpoint. You know, oh, it's just that guy. Okay, well there you go. Oh, I just I put here if only everything got tied up that easily. That was I was so I was actually oh. genuinely relieved though it had to be. It's called the Midwife on Sunday night. They had to arrest it, but oh, I, I actually loved it. Mm, yeah, but yeah, as I say, I do think obviously this isn't going to help Sister Mary Cynthia's troubled demeanor. No. Um, it's very much not. But she acted it so well, being angry and being upset and but being sad at the same time as being vulnerable as being strong she was just amazing I thought the actress did an amazing job yeah yeah I will say it was it was an interesting it was an interesting thing because I I didn't quite get this the first time when I had watched this but I I thought about it more was the beginning scene with Sister Julianne you know that you brought up like the whole point of that conversation is Sister Julianne saying you know like please just like make sure that you feel confident to raise your voice when the time comes and the fact that the the way that they kept on phrasing it was that we need we need someone to to speak out against this man otherwise we can't make an arrest we can't make we can't make a report and it was interesting that they kind of foreshadowed Cynthia finding her voice by sister Julia making a request that she find her voice and make herself be heard and i thought when i watched it again i was like oh that that is really that is really the depth of you know this writing like that it it's a way to make those things connect in such a beautiful way throughout the story anyway I was really glad it was resolved no, yeah. It's true. yeah 100% mm-hmm. so is there anybody else we have to talk about anything else we touched on the fact that sister Monica Jane is off her food but we don't yeah. know what's going on with her yet but again another oh, there wasn't for any sister explanation Mary Cynthia. about it sorry say again that was another worry for sister Mary Cynthia I think because she was I just called her Mary but I don't think she is fast I think she's not feeling well yeah same oh okay because I saw the scene where 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 um oh gosh nurse crane is like oh no she's not eating any of that right now like I'll just have a I'm I am partial to flaky pastry so I'll have some and I was like I and I and I didn't know what it was in reference to and they didn't say anything more than Uh, that so there's a scene where sister Mary Cynthia sits down with sister Monica Jones she's not eating and kind of sister Mary Cynthia says like you really struggled with the Lenten fast like you need to tell us if you'd yeah so 
and she says it, that she's doing it for religious reasons, but I don't think she, she's not very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, um, in this episode, Trixie confides in Delia and Patsy that she's not going yeah. to an art history class, that she's I, actually going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I wrote good on her. And then the moment I wrote that, Delia says, good for you. So just to echo Delia's... Well, Delia and Patsy are just the best people to tell. They're always supportive. They're so great. Obviously, we know their secret, but no one else does. Mm -hmm. They're very (laughs) liberal-minded. And Mm -hmm. they're just amazing. And I just love that. Also, did you see the Ovaltine in this episode? No. Oh, the Ovaltine. Yeah, there was. Also, when Trixie was was on the night shift and when Mrs. Hills ends up ringing the nurse's house, so Trixie's got to wait up. And did you notice Patsy had been in Delia's room and and Trixie was like, where have you been? And we were like, we know what you've yeah but she's been teaching her a new card game just like just like uh, patsy said she was yeah yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. then planning their friday night cinema trips oh, yeah. oh and one point i would like to make is there were lots of babies feet exposed in this episode when thora is holding diane's baby while trixie's helping her mm-hmm baby's feet when julianne sister julianne is holding judith's baby like come on swaddle these babies better <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Why are you so twisted about the feet? Oh, you, you know, it's weird you say that. Someone on Facebook said that today and I can't find it, but someone did actually say that on Facebook today. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kept noticing baby's feet and I'm like, for God's sake, get the blanket around those feet. Oh, well, it's, it's I, summer. It's summer. It's warm enough. It's I've got one enough. shout out from this episode as well. So Dr. Godfrey yeah. quite fancied Nurse Crane. Yes. He did. But he was also talking about a retirement age, about her working after retirement age. And she was like, I am not close to retirement. I will retire when I am of retirement age. And that is not for some time. I love the way she stood up for herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I love the way she said, Buenos vacaciones to Dr. Turner. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Sheila was like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Should we do heroes and zeros? Yes. Do you want to go first? My zero is Dr. Turner for having an unwrapped Cornish pasty in his doctor's bag. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it's the fact that it was unwrapped in a doctor's bag. Yeah, that's and it's a Cornish pasty. Yeah, that's not right. like no. Anyway, no, I just thought that was a step too far. Yeah. yeah. Um my hero. I mean, obviously there were other negatives in the story. The attack. No, I like it. I like it. I just love when you go, it's a step too far. <laughs> you say it a good amount and it's just like, <laughs> I think it's so cute. You're just like, nope, I, I, you were with me until you did, you unwrap the Cornish pasty and put it in your doctor's bag. It's a step too far. My hero, I'm doing quite like, they're not the key characters, but Trixie is going to be my hero for having the courage to share with Delia and Patsy something that she's kept really private and feeling that she can confide in them. And and I think that shows how far she's come. Yeah, you've just nicked awesome. mine. Also, oh, um, sorry. the fact that she stood up for uh, Sister Mary Cynthia as well yeah. when saying it wasn't your fault. No, it's fine. I'll find mm-hmm. them. Jen? Sure, okay. I have mine. So my zero is... This I this is directly from my notes. I probably could have worded this better, but I wrote, The Shame and Violence of Secrets. That's my zero. <laughs> it's not Cornish Pasty. Cornish Pasty. I mean, they're on the same level, obviously, but... um. <laughs> No, I just I just thought each storyline had an element of the harm that comes from keeping secrets. And I'm not saying every secret in you know is bad, but Thora was keeping secrets, Diane was keeping secrets, you know, she, Diane was being compelled to keep the secret. Um, Mrs. Coleman's secret, you know, her kind of way that she was had to behave. Trixie was keeping a secret that wasn't serving her ultimately. She was able, yeah. you know, 
you know. And then um, Cynthia was like, you know, feeling that she couldn't come forward and everything. And so this this idea of like, you know, secrets being something that you know are 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 a, a way that you are concealing something and hiding something that is ultimately hurting you. And so that was my zero because I just saw a lot of sadness and pain and hardship come from that. And then my hero is you know, the the flip side, which is the power of being honest and the power of being truthful. And the thing that Thora says to Diane is, you know, like, I'm not going to lie about this anymore. Like, we're going to tell the truth and the rest of the world can just sod off, basically. Like, if they don't want to accept it or they don't want to accept you, you know, we're not going to we're not going to lie about this. This isn't how we're going to do this. Because she's like, I saw how much I hurt you by making you do that. And I just don't want to do that anymore. And Trixie, to you guys' point, I mean, she, she came out and she told her friends the truth about where she was going. And they were completely completely accepting and that was then a pathway for them to be closer to her and you know mrs coleman wasn't able to kind of come forward and and report the crime or whatever but you know she had some truthfulness and honesty with sister julian and her husband which i hope will make their marriage and relationship better going forward you know we don't know but hopefully they they will so those were my heroes and zeros love it also can i say sod off is that a british thing you to learn or do americans say it as well oh no that's british no yeah I think it's a very great saying, actually. But yeah, we don't we don't really say that. Just a quick aside, I went to see that elemental film today, my daughter. And okay. uh, one of the characters is called Clod, you know, like Clod of Earth. And because uh, they're a piece of earth. And uh, my daughter was like, ah. <laughs> anyway, it just reminded me of that. Anyway, <laughs> my hero is Barbara for being such a warrior for the cause. She really was amazing. And she did go with Peter. She went out of her way to try and sort this. And she tried to speak to everyone. She tried to sort everything. I was, mm. She was amazing. She was a warrior. Your word, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, my zero is Dr. Godfrey, but also a colic. Colic's also up there. Dr. Godfrey, <laughs> just for being absolutely misogynistic to the core. Thinking oh. yeah. everyone because he was a man. No, like, thank you. Sexist or- on a whole other level. He sucked. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was just absolutely awful. And uh, yeah, he was zero along with colic. Now, I've got a few little uh, little bomb mots from uh, social media to talk about. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Alex from Instagram has messaged. Okay. And the, uh, they've said, so do you remember they had the episode where it was uh, Linda Lanyard and Linda Lanyard. Uh, Ian, and he oh, was going yeah. off to uni and we were joking about the name of the club she said said, I'm sure I'm not the first to tell you this but Durham's rubbish student union club is called Clute you are the first and only it was the second worst club in Britain but the first but the worst burnt down (laughs) she also said I almost sent that message to call the midwife official lol (laughs) but then they carry on and says my husband or said she Alex could be a boy or a girl actually she's thinking about that but they've said my husband just reminded me that Clute is owned by the Cummings family of Dominic Cummings (gasps) <gasps> yeah the name of the club is clute c-l-u-t-e k-l-u-t-e yeah Ooh, that sounds nasty i don't know what i don't know what a clute would be considered like it like sounds that's... like a cross between like a blood clot and some word for a poo yeah it sounds like <laughs> a prehistoric like weird amoeba like fish or something like that it's just oh it's not yeah. nice now becky i need your expertise on this because I always oh, say freesia, but I don't know if that's how you say that word, that flower. Freesia. F-R-A-A-S-I-A. Yeah, freesia. Yeah, freesia. For, right, for what it's worth, I always say freesia, but I don't know if that's... Well, that's why I didn't ask you. So. Freesia. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Don't ask the American how to pronounce anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tomato. Do you hear listeners? Do you hear listeners? This is Aluminum. 
Anyway, um, oh, Alicia Crochet off Instagram mentioned us in a post, and I just want to mention this post because I just loved it. Okay. So she put, so I just basically found myself tagged in this post on uh, Recall the Midwife because I'm the only one who does social media. Anyway, so <laughs> I put, hello, friends. I hope I didn't put this, she put this. I hope your Monday has started your week off well. So as you can see, I've started another call, the Midwife Blanket. This may be my first in a solid colour. You need to follow her on Instagram. It's amazing. I've started watching Call the Midwife again from the start after watching all of it this year, as I've never seen it before, but this time crocheting through the episodes. How calming and lovely does that sound? Yeah, It's it like sound... listening to my friends' adventures and stories. I'm also reading the book, and I believe Jennifer Worth wrote another one about workhouses, so I'm looking out for that. Now, free shirt, crochet, we are on that next. And in the daytime, crochet, free shirt underscore crochet. And free in the daytime, shirt. I listen to the Recall the Midwife podcast, which is listeners' questions editions. I may have to contribute. Well, you have now. And uh, then she's going on about how where they like another show, which is uh, Drag Race, which is amazing also. But point being, the love that you listen to, thank you so much for listening. Big shout out to you. But also, the Call the Midwife blankets are amazing. So I really wish I could crochet. I did class in it. Wait a minute. Okay, you're going to have to tag me in her because I just... Anyways, I can't... Okay, we'll do it after. Okay. So anyway, I was saying, love this. Thank you so much for listening. And she said, thank you. You've inspired me to try Horlicks. <laughs> oh! Ooh, <laughs> I love that. Quite a few people. So we've had another really good one from Serene Leeds, who says that she was a journalist and a professional writer. She is one. And she wrote an article about Call the Midwife during season five for the Wall Street Journal. And she's actually oh. had the honour of interviewing Jenny and Laura by phone separately. But it was while they were in South Africa filming that year's Christmas special. Oh, my God. I know. And she remembers Jenny stopping the interview because she was looking at the most incredible sunset and she was wishing she could see it. Um, So it was pre-Zoom and she was pregnant at the time, too. How special is that memory? And she said that Jenny and Laura were both so supportive with her saying that she was pregnant. And Jenny said, I wish I could be there in in the delivery room with you. I'm sure she gets that a lot from the fans. That's Jenny Agatha. And then Laura is Laura who? Maine. Oh, Sheila. Yeah. And she was also supposed to interview Helen George, but she was too busy. We know how she was busy. She was getting together with Tom in real life on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Her and Jack Ashton were looking at a different kind of sunset. Yes, but she answered her questions by email, probably in between, you know, snogging uh, Tom in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how amazing is that? That is amazing. Yeah, so her podcast is called Emotional Abuse is Real. And she interviews people on that. So... I haven't actually listened to it. I'm going to listen to it this week, but I'm going to do a preemptive recommend. Oh, of um, course. Of course. Yeah, well, I'd, li- I'd, like to listen to her. Well. I'd like to listen to her podcast as well. So af- after this, we'll have to get all those details so uh, we can follow up with those people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we, our account follows them, so that's amazing. But uh, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for writing in. And how exciting. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, You know what? Also, like, I I have, I don't know that we're going to... I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast or, like, getting to meet anyone from the show or connect with anyone from the show for real. But I have had this feeling that, like, if there was anyone from the show I'd want to meet, it'd be Jenny Agater because I absolutely love Sister Julian as well, as everyone knows. But, like, they always say, like, you know, don't meet your heroes and everything. But, like, like that does give me, like, a ray of you know, sunshine that like Jenny is probably just a sweet and I can't believe that anyone on this show would be awful if I'm honest. And do you know oh, who no, I love and I would love know. to interview? Cliff Parisi. Oh, <gasps> I know. He would I don't great. even know if I'm saying his name right. I'm sure well, he can would ask. be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Let's ask him, yeah. Let's get him on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would be amazing. He would be I just wish like, I can't think of anyone on the on the episode that I wouldn't want to interview, including Jimmy. I can't think of anyone. I wouldn't want <laughs> We know you wouldn't say no to him, Jen, but I actually wouldn't say no to interviewing either. It could literally be season 15 and I will never hear the end of that. 
I haven't brought him up like once and I oh, I never live it down. Oh gosh. It's true. I would I would like to talk to Fred as well. You know who else I'd like? Well, I mean, I could just now I'm just gonna start naming everyone in the cast if it's like people I'd love to talk to, but I'd um, like to speak to like costume people as well though and find out where oh, they yeah. stuff from. Oh my god, I would die to speak to costume people. I think that'd and be even so just fun. even just casting people to find out the process of getting the babies from the hospital and how often they have to do it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Also, Heidi Thomas, obviously, because I want to know, like, I know yeah. I saw a thing about her and it was like, oh, she always does all this research and she's always looking into, like, stories from the period and trying to figure out, like, whatever. But, like, how does she craft, like, a, like a, a, not just an individual show, but, like, a whole season? I mean, I know it's not, she's not the only writer. I know they have other writers that help and everything like that, too. But, I mean, there's got to be, like, so much process. And then, like, I wonder, like, you know, how much do they think about all of the different, you know, layers of, like, you know messaging and everything like that also girls i'm i promise i won't go off on a big thing because i already went off on like big things multiple times this episode but i i definitely was like really in my feelings with watching this one but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it i think this show is one of the most radically feminist shows on television bar none that's it i'm, I'm with you yeah and i probably said that before too. and it's like not a surprise to anyone but i just i just the way that you like watch these stories and the and if you actually stop and think about them the the like the well, way it's that the tacit, it's the tacit things of society that never actually get shown on because it's involving women and yeah you know like even now there's like a bit of a hoo-ha there's adverts for femme fresh about intimate freshness and people are going on about that on social media like it's this shocking mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. this is showing that this is the gritty side of birth and yeah. the relationships that deal with that and the people involved and this is the tacit side of society that never gets shown yeah well, just think about, just take any of these storylines and switch the gender roles and see how you would think about it. Like, can yeah. you imagine a man, like, let's say Judith Coleman, like if it was Joe Coleman, if he experienced a violent attack while he was caring for his child, would anyone think that he should stay home because like, he's not allowed to make a statement about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, e- even if he stepped away from his baby for one minute or not, you know what I mean? Like, just like, like, like Thor and Diane, like if that was, if that was a son who'd done something, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, oh, this, this boy is ruined for life. I mean, just craziness. I just well, the boy wasn't, was he? That's the whole point. The boy got away from it, got free. Yeah, I know. I mean, look at like the storyline we had a couple of weeks ago with Mrs. Mrs. The teacher, Mrs. Young or something. I can't remember her name now, but the the teacher that was pregnant by the married guy. You know what I mean? Like, like again, role yeah, he like... got it. There was zero consequences for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Switch roles and like you know, all of a sudden it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. And I just you know, I just think like if anyone watches the show and they like really think about what's going on, like you know, you'll just be like, how how do we tolerate this? Like you know, I mean, I I, I know that the show isn't isn't a time period that's now you know like over fifty years ago, but I just I I anyways, I just think it I I think it just provides a lot of opportunity for like really meaningful thought about these issues. So that's true. I'm on my soapbox today, girls. I've got to get off. I've got to anyway. get off. My By the way, goodness. it was Dorothy Whitmore. Anyway, now. Oh, 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 Miss Whitmore. Yeah, yeah. Next week, we are watching Series 5, Episode 7. Yeah. We would love for you to watch along. So watch it and then listen along with us. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for all your support on social media, all your comments, everything. We are getting through everything. So send us your comments, send us your recommendations, send us your questions, send us your... Don't say anything nasty. We don't need it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's happened recently but still we don't need it if it's not for you just don't tell us 
but yeah, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We really we love you all listening. We love all the interactions. So please keep it coming. And uh, yeah, please yeah. carry on listening with us. We, we love it. We love it. Love it. Love it. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.